It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. You know, got a chance to do a little bit of uh, the All-22 watch. Uh, I've done the offense. I've done a part of the defense. It's it's interesting how much your opinion on things will change after getting a whole view of what's going on. But uh, Do you like watching the All-22 better when they win or lose? This, this is not a question of whether we like to win or lose, but is it more fun to go back and watch what went right or try to figure out what went wrong? I, I think... I like having a goal. You know, like sometimes watching the when it's good, like if you don't have something that you're trying to dis- dissect or trying to, you know, discern, like that that can be a little bit – I mean, it's great to watch great play, but I, I, yeah. I actually don't – I don't hate the idea of watching uh, a, a losing tape to kind of detect and sleuth my way into figuring out what happened, you know? Sure. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to answer your guys' Twitter questions. Uh, we're going to try to figure out what went wrong for the Cowboys uh, in week four. Uh, and let's go ahead and start with uh, a question from Vince. Everybody's wondering about this coaching staff getting conservative. Uh, Vince asks, uh, the coaches went conservative in a big road test and it didn't work. Do you have faith that they'll realize this and adjust into the future? Uh, it's a great question because I, I'm not so sure that the Cowboys have learned from their mistakes in the past. Uh, there's been a lot of times where they've gone conservative in home or in road games, such as the Houston game last year, uh, and to a degree the the Rams game in the playoffs. Do you think this is something the Cowboys can learn from? Well, I don't I don't accept the premise. Like I I, I still need somebody to define to me what they mean by a conservative game plan. Well, I think leaning on the run a little too much, especially on first down. I mean, I, that's not necessarily what, okay. I mean, I think that they leaned on the run a little bit too much, but I, I don't know that that's what sunk this team. Like, and, and, and actually. No, but they do, they do have a tendency to do that, right? And Jason Garrett has mentioned this before. It was on the all or nothing series where he said, when we get into a road game, we want to give the ball to 21 over and over and over again. I do think the Cowboys have a tendency to do that when they when they go up against a big opponent on the road. I, I, and I don't think that's always the worst call. I, I, I think the, the the issue is that they didn't execute. 
Like, you know, I, I definitely agree that they shouldn't be passing the ball more on for, on early downs, that they had some success there. But I, but I, I also don't think that this was, this was a game that was lost because this team came, especially, I, I feel even more so this way now that I've watched the tape. I, I don't feel like this game was lost because this team came in and played too conservatively. Like, that, that, that wasn't the reasoning behind the loss. Now, I think that, they should have. I do think that they should have passed the ball more on early downs. I think they should have played less conservatively, but I don't think that that's like the overarching reason. I don't even think that's the main reason they lost this game. To me, hmm. they the, the main reason they lost this game is is they played very poorly. I, I think a lot of even the the calls that we thought you know were bad run calls. I mean, if you go back and watch the tape. They they were running against numbers that they should have been running and just not executing. Um, so I, I you know I think that's fair. I, right? I think that there's times you know it, it's one of these things where the conservative quote unquote conservative game plan is uh, is a hindrance until it works. I think that there is legitimate reasons to go into a loud environment and and you know feel like you need to rely on the run in order to make sure that you're getting the plays off. Now, there are definitely different points throughout this game where they were, I mean, clearly having success throwing the ball on early downs, and and we'll talk about it. I think on their drive, if I'm not mistaken, I tweeted this out earlier, but on their scoring drive, they had nine early down opportunities, early down being first and second down opportunities. Uh, Six of those nine were passes, and of those on those six passes, they got 73 of the 84 total yards they needed on the scoring drive. So clearly, there was success in throwing the ball early. Uh, to me, that wasn't a game plan problem, though. That was a lack of recognizing what was working in game, and then continuing mm-hmm. to go to it. Well, the most the most disappointing play call in all of that was the next drive after having done had so, so much success on first and second down passing the next drive them coming out uh and then throwing on first down having success there and then on a second and one deciding to to run the ball as opposed to trying to take a shot down the field i, I yeah, think it made no sense. yeah i think the problem is not was not so much going in with a with a conservative game plan because the first two first and ten opportunities they got that, that, that were definitely scheduled plays, you know, on the schedule, the first two first and tens they got, they threw the ball. And they had success. So I think, you know, what ended up happening is that execution started failing them, and then they started reaching, and then they got into a negative game script once the game started getting late, and they panicked, and, uh, and, and they had some bad reactions. But I, I just wanted to be clear, like, I'm not saying that they didn't that they don't need to throw the ball more earlier. I'm just disputing the idea that they came in with some sort of overly conservative game plan, um, and then that was the, the ultimately the reason they lost. I, I, I was even surprised going back and looking at all this. I mean, all, all the stuff that people have been asking for—the zone read, the the bunch formations, the motion, the shifts, uh, the. Swing pass, the, the screen pass uh, uh, option out to, to uh, Pollard in the flat that we had seen. All that stuff's in the game. All, all that stuff's mm-hmm. there. It, it was called. It just didn't work. 
You know, like the, the the third and five play where they try to run a slant to Pollard, and they, you know, like it, it, it's just the play he he draws a, a a pass interference. I mean, all that stuff was in there. It just either didn't work or didn't work as effectively as it had previously. I, I think Jerry Jones had a good point this morning on one hundred five point three. The fan he basically said we liked our game plan coming in. Uh, but one of the things that we have to do better as a coaching staff is adjust when things don't work. Uh, I think yeah. that's a, a great example that you laid out there. The Cowboys had, uh, in the third quarter, had a ton of success passing the ball, and they had the Saints off balance. But for whatever reason, they went away from it, and they, they went back to uh, running it in maybe you know spots where they should have been taking chances down the field. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll answer some more questions. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, this next one comes from at XA218. Uh, he wants to know what about the offensive line. Are we worried about them, you know, maybe going into the season, maybe into the playoffs? Because I think that was my biggest takeaway, right? I thought Zach Martin played arguably the worst game of his career in this one. Uh, Travis Frederick was kind of tripping around all over the field. I thought Lyle Collins played well, maybe not as well as we saw him in the first couple of weeks, but I still think he was maybe their best offensive lineman in this game. What did you think about the offensive line, and are you concerned going forward? Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll disagree on that last point. I think I think Lyle Collins played the best game of the season so far and was – Absolutely I, I, dominant. <laughs> like I, I was gonna say, in the run game, I, I thought there was times where he didn't quite execute a reach block. I thought it was fantastic as a you know as a pass blocker. Uh, let me let me say it like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was excellent start to finish. Honestly, okay. I mean that's just me personally, but I, I definitely agree with Zach Martin. I think this is, I mean, maybe the worst game I've ever seen from Zach Martin uh, and Travis. I think. You know, I think there was a lot of tripping going on. I, I don't know if all of it was just 
Frederick stumbling, I think he was also getting tripped by some of his uh, other teammates. I think there was a lot of just bad footwork happening inside. You know, I honestly, I mean, I think, I, I wonder how much of it had to do with the noise because I think that there were times when I felt like they were coming off the ball and maybe they were coming off the ball late and the defenders were reacting to the ball and actually move. It's, they were doing so much movement up front that I think by the time the offensive linemen, you know, were triggered to, to engage, they were hitting a, a moving target and a target that was. Isn't that more of a reason why they should have been a little bit more pass happy in this game? No, because what, what was end up happening is that they were running twists and stunts and, 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 and what, regardless of whether they're run blocking or pass blocking, uh, when you're a tick slow on that, you're, you're, you're chasing. And, and, you know, like that's when I think you saw, uh, you know, Connor Williams slamming into, uh, 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 Tyron Smith because he's trying okay, to chase the, the, a guy on the why, outside. And then why don't we see more like draws and screens to I, get the same? Cause there, that, that was a defense that was flying downhill. I mean, there was. I think there I, was I times think there where Demario been, Davis was. There was times where Demario Davis had no intent on even trying to stop the pass. He's running downhill. If the Cowboys could have ran a couple screens, maybe even to Tony Pollard, man, they could have had some big, big games I, in this one. I definitely agree. I mean, I think the draw, the, I, I definitely would love to see some more draws because there were definitely times throughout the game that I was like, man, just hand the ball off to Zeke. I mean, look at the, how much room there is in the, op- uh, the front of the pocket, you know. Um, I, you know, I think that part of the issue was 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 communication. Like, I think it was hard for them to communicate. Uh, I think the, the the kind of getting off the ball a, a tick late when you've got a, a defensive line that's stunting and gaming a lot was was problematic, um, and, and I think that you know when they tried to adjust to what was happening, that's when they were kind of all slamming into each other, and 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 you know it just it looked ugly as interior guys are trying to chase guys outside. Uh, defensive ends are crashing into the, the 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 guards and freeing up the tackles. I mean, it looked like our defensive line, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just think it was it was a poor day for the offensive line, pretty much across the board, ex- save Will Collins. A lot of people want to know about Tony Pollard, Landon, and uh, listen, I'm one of them. Uh, I thought Tony Pollard was fantastic in week three. He gave you a little something different in the offense, even in this one. Uh, he was on the field for I think two plays. Uh, they ran the the one pony set with Zeke and Pollard on the field, and they had another one on third down where Dak threw him a ball in the slant, and he drew the the defensive holding. Why didn't we see more Pollard in this game? Yeah, I mean, you basically saw him, uh, you know, as a slot receiver. That was basically his, you know, his one look as a outside of the pony look that he got. Uh, you know, I think, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. You're trying to get a lot of these other players in rhythm, and 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 frankly, there were not a lot. They, there's just not a lot of snaps, you know. Like I think mm-hmm. I think in games where there's more and more snaps, they're running a lot of plays. There's more snaps to get uh, uh, Pollard involved to get him um, in the action. I just think that at the point where it was, it was a close game th- throughout the game. The Cowboys were limited in opportunities, and I think that. Ultimately, it, it meant that they didn't have time to try to get it around to, to Pollard. I mean, he was involved in it, both plays that he was in. The play design was to get him the ball. 
Um, mm-hmm. And one time he didn't – he he wasn't open. He, they, he got covered out in the flat in that pony play. And then the other time he drew a, a defensive pass interference and they got a first down off of it. So I understand. I mean, it's it was it was basically a a, a pretty steep tick down from from where. I mean, I think he was getting like if week three he got thirteen snaps, week two he got six snaps, and week three he had fourteen snaps um, as a you know as an offensive weapon essentially. Um, and actually, it's fifteen. It's at fifteen. Of uh, the first and third weeks, and, and this week he only got two snaps. So clearly, uh, there is there was a pretty serious step down. But I, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the way the, the game script was going, uh, and and you know they they did give him opportunities to try to break things loose a little bit. Um, but then after that, they they had so few opportunities that they were just trying to get their main guys going a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Pollard a little bit more in the game plan this week against the the Packers. Uh, I, I do think he's a guy that can give you some explosive plays, and that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, this one's from Tim. Uh, has the long-term uh, physical requirement of being a between-the-tackles running back and enduring the touches he regularly gets removed the home run threat of Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen Zeke have a you know, 25, 30-plus yard run. Is that just not a part of his game anymore? Does he not have the speed to, to, to beat defenses that way? What do you think is going on with Zeke Lannon? I, I don't think that – I don't think it's a thing where he's he doesn't have the speed anymore because he still looks fast. I mean, if he gets out in open field, he's moving. I just think teams are way more aware of the, the fact that, you know, they're just really focused on not allowing that to happen. Um, and I think, you know, in a game like last night's, he had, he probably could have had some opportunities, but the blocking wasn't the way it was. It wasn't right up front, you know? And, um, I also think that as the Cowboys have gotten away from trying to create gaps up front, you know, by running 12 and 13 personnel, um, mm-hmm. that's, limiting a lot of the the home run threat opportunity because when you do that you're putting everybody up at the line of scrimmage right and so if 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 Zeke can find a gap to get through there's very few there's very few defenders that are still left that are you know once he's got a head of steam and through the hole that can angle him off like that i think with with this thought process the way the teams are covering them now a lot of more teams are playing cover 2 because they're afraid of of uh, of you know, the passing game, they're trying to get you know they're, they're 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 trying to keep it all in front of them, and I think that 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 leaves more speed on the back end to catch and to stop him. Uh, now, what it may mean is you know he gets he should be getting more and more of five and six yard runs because the safety still is back there and not giving you support. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case during this game, and, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that. You know, they're running back, they're running wide zone, they're running inside zone. The guys on the backside aren't, aren't able to sustain their blocks, and so he's getting hit or touched at the line of scrimmage and, and not able to get ahead of steam. So I, I think he has the ability to do it still. I, I just think that it's, you know, circumstances not provided for it nearly as much as it was previously. I think teams aren't trying to allow Zeke to those opportunities to, to break those, those long gains. 
Yeah, the only thing I would add is I, I think you can make a case that the offensive line has deteriorated from 2016, 2017, 2018. I, I just don't think it's a, as good of a unit as we saw early in Zeke's career where they were opening up more holes and maybe they have more talent at tight end, you know, and uh, to block. So I think it's a little bit of, you know, it's a product of the offense and of the offensive line. I do think you'll see some big Zeke runs here in the future. And actually, I think he has a chance to have a couple big ones against the Packers. Uh, but we will see. I, th- I think it's something to monitor as we go forward. Let's take one more quick break and we'll come back and answer a couple more of your questions. All right, Landon, uh, this next one comes from Chris. How worried are you about the play calling against the Saints bleeding over to the Green Bay game? Do you think do you think the Cowboys are going to be uh, overreactionary and pass a little bit too much? Do you think there's going to be, you know, is it going to be the same kind of thing? They're going against Green Bay. They want to keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Are they going to try to run the ball a little bit too much? How worried are you about the play calling in this game? I'm not, like, I've seen – a lot of good play calling so far. I've seen more good play calling than bad play calling this season. Um, so I'm not I'm not ready to, to get worried about this yet. Uh, I, I will say that I, I think that the the concern is that they went away from what was what they were doing well and and the mm-hmm. play action and 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 and, and throwing from uh, you know in early pass in early down situations. But, I mean, I think that when you go back and look, like, I mean, listen, I think Jerry's comments kind of reveal what, you know, they discovered, right? Like, I think they went back and, look, I'm, I'm just a guy in a basement, right? And, like, <laughs> and, and I, and I can watch the game and, and, and see what's, what's going on here. I, I have confidence that they will as well. I'm sure they're looking at this and kicking themselves and saying, yeah, we probably should have been throwing the ball a little bit more on these early downs. It was working. I think that there was extenuating circumstances uh, that that kind of made them want to, uh, ov- I would say, over-adjust to playing in a hostile environment. Um, but I don't know that this is like a I- – I think they take each one of these game plans individually. Uh, and-, and maybe what they did is they overcompensated for something and then didn't make the adjustment back to the way it should be. Uh, after seeing what was working at halftime, I, I think that's more what I need to see now. Is okay? Can I mean we've seen you guys kind of do it a little bit in the Miami game and, and some of the other games. Can you make the adjustments that are necessary to go to what's working when you recognize, hey, uh, maybe the the passing game will work early in, in the game, and 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 realize that the running game. Uh, it wasn't the stabilizing force that we had all hoped because the offensive line, mm, the, the offensive line can't. They, I mean, I, I, the problem is, is that I, I mean, l- let's be fair to the coaches here. Who would have anticipated that the offensive line would block as poorly as they did in situations where they had numbers advantage in the box? Yeah, I, I think I think the Saints' defensive line also deserves a lot absolutely, of they have, absolutely. They've done a lot of work. I, I mean, obviously, we talked about Cameron Jordan a lot and Marcus Davenport, who I thought had a pretty good game as well. Uh, but Malcolm, Malcolm Brown, Brown uh, really played well. Was, yeah, and he was he was really good. And Sheldon Rankins came back, and I don't think many were anticipating him coming to nope. play. So 
It, it was, and then we talked about Demario Davis. He's a really, really good linebacker that doesn't get enough credit. They got away uh, with a lot of holding too, a lot of like uh, on some of these yeah, run blitzes. Happens, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. I mean, I'm not trying to take away, yeah. but I'm saying like it was. They had some sneaky schemes where they were stunting guys and getting guy, getting other guys to hold loose, and then and you know that Demario tackle for a loss early on in the game specifically I think mm. it's just a lot of things like that where they were sneaky with what they were doing they were rolling safeties down in the box last minute to try to you know influence Dak's box count and his and his uh, audibles I, I mean they, they just had a really solid game plan uh, and then on top of that the Cowboys helped them out by not executing all right last one Landon uh, these are three questions that are directed at me but I want you to answer them oh okay? great <laughs> okay, I'm going to read all three of them, then you can answer them. Right. Uh, the first one, from Junior, why are you such a hater, Marcus? Okay. The next one, why are you so salty about Zeke? Okay. And the other one is, why does Marcus kick puppies and hate grandmas? Okay, great. Let's let's take these one at a time. First, <laughs> why is why is Marcus a hater? Okay, so Marcus is, unfortunately for him, he is in the age group of Cowboys fans who have not exactly seen a lot of success in their lifetime. Um, so uh, Marcus generally has kind of a pessimistic view, and you know, look, maybe rightfully so to a certain degree, of, of things not working out. Uh, you know, and to be honest, if your if your goal is to only win the Super Bowl and that's the only thing that's that's the, a good thing that can happen in the NFL, then being being pessimistic about that happening is statistically mm. probably a good idea because there's only one team that wins the Super Bowl and there's 31 teams that fail. Uh, remember, I grew question? up during the. I, I, well, remember, I grew up during the Quincy Carter. Clint I'm sorry, Turner. I think you're muted. I can't hear you. Oops. Uh, yeah, I said I grew up during the Quincy Carter, Drew Henson, Chad Hutchinson yeah. era. So it, it, it was a rough stretch. So you can see why I'm a little bit pessimistic. Yeah. I uh, can, the next I can, one is I why can, do I? Yeah, I mean, f- to be fair, like that is that's not exactly a a, a shooter's row of of good quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, when we got Drew Bledsoe, that was like the, the greatest thing ever. We got a proven quarterback. Just to, just to show you how dark of times it was in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, the the next one is why do I hate Zeke, and then why do I kick puppies and hate? Oh, Zeke? hating hating Zeke is his brand. I mean, like he, he he's fully committed <laughs> to that. Like I mean, like he he can't back down now, guys. Like he's, no, of he's course not. Fully committed to that pre-draft. Uh, so yeah, sure. I mean, every chance he's that that he can to kind of present any kind of statistical analysis that has proven that Zeke is a bust or uh, that Zeke can't play anymore. Or uh, Zeke is just as good as Derrick Henry. But listen, my first ever podcast uh, show was with you and Joey on the Blogging the Boys podcast mm-hmm. talking about Derrick Henry over Zeke Elliott. So you got to stay committed to the brand. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's fair, and it, it's been his long-running brand for uh, quite a while. So why move off of it? <laughs> I agree. Uh, I mean, there, there's just no chance that I'll – well, here's the thing. Now that we've got some stats about running backs and how much they matter, that's the last thing. And as for kicking puppies and hate grandmas, uh, I, I have a puppy. It depends. You know, I mean, we, say, we may need puppy. to kick, start kicking this puppy <laughs> at some point because the puppy is is – a part of the show at this point. Yeah, I, I try to do my best to make sure that she uh, she she doesn't show up too often, but it happens. Uh, and I love my grandma, but she's a Steeler fan, so it happens. All right, that I mean, totally licensed to kick a Steeler fan, grandma. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.